How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 70 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today we are brought to you by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts you will ever need. rockauto.com. Uh, so today, I'm talking with Taylor Blake Ward of Locked On Angels. You can follow, follow him on Twitter, at Taylor Blake Ward, or at Locked On Angels. Uh, that's where he does a lot of stuff. He is uh, probably the smartest guy that I know when it comes to draft stuff. So I uh, brought him in, talked a little bit about the draft, what we thought about the draft itself being five rounds. In this one, part one, we're going to talk about the A's first two picks of the 2020 draft. Uh, in part two, which will come out tomorrow, we talk about uh, the other three picks and uh, also Major League Baseball's proposal to the players. If you follow uh, either of us on Twitter, you know what we're going to say. But if you don't, stay tuned. So uh, that'll be hitting your feeds tomorrow as well. So I uh, got all that going on. Also, uh, I mentioned last week that I wanted to promote black-owned businesses in the Bay Area. And uh, so I reached out to a couple. One of them got back to me. So here here we are going to talk a little bit about uh, Chef Ron's Pastries. Uh, Chef Ron's Pastries is a family-owned business. It is a uh, their siblings. They opened up and they had been producing for like uh, catering and events like that. But uh, with COVID-19, there are no events. So they've had to shift their business plan a little bit. And now they're shifting or uh, delivering straight to consumers and whatnot. So if you go on their website, which is crpastries.com, then uh, you can order basically whatever they whatever they have. You can order from them directly and they ship out every Wednesday. So if you order by Wednesday, they will ship it to you. It takes one to two days. So if you order it on Wednesday, it could take, you know, Thursday, Friday, somewhere in there. Um, their most popular items, according to them, are their chocolate chip cookies, pecan bars, uh, or the triple chocolate fudge brownies. I'm a brownie guy, and uh, that sounds delicious to me personally. So, uh, yeah, just go to crpastries.com, support local business, especially a black-owned business uh, during this time. It's it's important that we do these things. So uh, go to crpastries.com and uh, give them a look. So just a couple of notes before I get it, uh, throw it to the interview with Taylor Blake Ward. Um, he did say Daniel Bassett. He was talking very quickly and just, I was like, oh, I'm going to mention some people. Uh, he meant Chris Bassett, I'm pretty sure. I didn't double check with him, but I'm going to go with, he meant Chris. Uh, you know, just another name. Also, uh, he mentioned that he saw that Soderstrom had signed with the A's. Uh, there is an agreement in place, I believe, according to John Heyman. I haven't seen anything officially on that, but uh, the word is that he has come to an agreement with the A's, just waiting for the official word and all that stuff. So uh, maybe they're waiting to get him to Oakland to sign the contract and, you know, do their uh, their photo op. Insert photo op jokes here. Um, that's, a, that's a note for later. <laughs> Anyways, uh, here's the interview with Taylor Blake Ward. Very short draft. Not a big fan of the short draft. Uh, first off, what are your thoughts on the short draft as opposed to, you know, having 40 rounds? Yeah, I despise it. Um, you know, I feel like coronavirus worked out perfectly for Rob Manfred. Uh, oh, I don't God. think he created it, but it worked out perfectly for him because he sits there and says, look, I can eliminate 35 rounds of the draft and eliminate 40 minor league teams, make the owners happy. Um, I, I hate it, you know, and, yeah, 40, long, or 40 rounds may be long, but, I mean, why can't we have a draft that's 25, 30 rounds deep to fill your organization with talent? And I feel like it just under uh, under underlines – sorry, there we go. It underlines their inability to comprehend 
the value of players at such low salaries, especially like when you get into like that round 10, round 12 kind of area where you're not paying these guys very much. Those are huge assets. And I hate referring to, you know, players as assets, but that is a huge, you know, windfall of talent for uh, an organization. You know, uh, Pujols wasn't a top pick. He became uh, the best player in baseball for a very long time. And uh, I don't understand how they're just like, yeah, we, well, we want five. We, we don't want all of this extra talent. No, I mean, yeah, sometimes you get into that third day of the 11th round and further. And some of those players are signed for $100,000, $125,000 because that's the allowance. Um, but for the most part, you know, you were talking about that eighth, ninth, tenth round. That's where all the seniors signed for 20000 you know, twenty. Yeah to ten thousand dollars and i mean yeah that's a good chunk of money i wouldn't mind having ten thousand dollars but to join professional baseball a multi-billion dollar industry and you're only getting ten thousand dollars for it that's absurd and uh yeah i mean you'd love to see uh some of these team picks uh you have jock peterson was 11th round pick you have uh the angels had patrick sandoval who even though he was a houston pick 11th round pick uh, Albert Pujols, I believe, was a 13th round pick. Mm-hmm. And some of these guys pan out. Now, you know, there's free coincidences where you get Albert Pujols, who is a 13th round pick, becomes one of the best players of baseball. Mike Piazza, 62nd round pick. But for the most part, you find some talent in those team picks, and you're just eliminating not just the talent pool, but just opportunities to play baseball. So what's holding someone back from saying, uh, you know, hey, look, I'm a football player or a basketball player. Uh, baseball is my 50-50 split. Screw it. I'm going to go play basketball at Duke or Baylor or wherever the hell it is. You're going to go play football at Auburn and not worry about baseball because they're not worrying about you. Do you think that there's going to be a bunch of players that go back to college if that's an option and not take the $20,000 signing bonus or signing fee? I think we may see one or two players that have the option not to return to college sign. I, I don't think we're going to see more than one or two college juniors sign and the only reason I think they would is if it's something like Vanderbilt or UCLA or something like that. And they look and they're like, look, they have 20 incoming freshmen that are better than I am. May as well get my money now kind of thing. Cause I'm not going to play next year. That is the only reason I could see someone signing. This is non scene that doesn't have uh, draft options basically. Yeah. It, I don't understand any of this stuff. It's ridiculous. And especially with the A's and not wanting to pay minor leaguers two weeks ahead of the draft. What, how, mm. I've been ranting about this for like two weeks now. It it maddens me and it's dumbfounding. I don't understand it. But uh, as I've said before, John Fisher was gifted his money and has not earned it. So, you know, it makes sense in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you know, the Angels had the same issue. They furloughed all their scouts a month yeah. and a half before the draft, uh, all their area scouts. And that's not something that falls on uh, the front office by any means. And that's what really sucks is they're going to get the backlash. You know, you're going to have front offices like the Angels, like the Athletics, who have all this backlash when they have zero opinion in that decision. It's all based on ownership. And uh, (laughs) look at what the A's ownership had to do suddenly uh, once everyone said they're paying their minor leaguers. A's ownership said, oh, crap, you know, we're we're the bad guys. And it took them two weeks to do it. Like the Nationals made the same thing, but then they they flipped the the switch, you know, real quick. Like took them a day or two. I was like, oh, because – their uh their major league players were making them look bad by like hey we'll pay them it's fine it's a million dollars we got this and uh then then they you know changed their tune it still took john fisher of the a's uh two weeks 
of like talking to people and stuff. I'm like, why didn't you talk to people beforehand? It's ridiculous. But anyways, let's get to the draft because that's why you're here. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. How about that? <laughs> we'll be right back with Taylor Blake Ward for the second half of this episode. But first, I got to tell you guys a little bit about rockauto.com. They are a family-owned business serving uh, auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. What they do is really cool because uh, instead of going to your auto parts store and only dealing with the uh, manufacturers and whatever brands they have, you can go and search any brand you want. So if there's, I don't know cars very well, uh, if there's a car brand that you like, go get that one. It's easy. RockAuto.com lets it, they put the power in literally your pocket because they're online. That means they're on your smartphone. See, easy, done. Go to RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com has amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you you will ever need. RockAuto.com. Go go there. Go buy some stuff. Today's show is also sponsored by Built Bar. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know about Built Bar. They're the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. If you go to BuiltBar.com, enter the code LOCKEDON, you get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. But I went to BuiltBar.com just now. They're also doing up to 50% off of everything that they have as part of their clearance sale. So, uh, I mean, if you really want to stock up on some flavorful protein, they're soft and chewy. Go to BuiltBar.com, enter the code, get 50% off of, you know, just regular things. You can do either of those. The world is your oyster at BuiltBar.com right now. So uh, go over there, go through, and uh, just go crazy. BuiltBar.com, enter code locked on, you get $10 off. But also, they're having other sales too, so uh, go nuts. Also, they have nut-free flavors. So uh, you don't like nuts? There you go. You can still get protein. Billboard.com. So uh, you got Ace first round pick, Tyler Soderstrom, uh, high school guy out of Turlock. He models his swing after Cody Bellinger and uh, Christian Yelich. You could definitely see some Bellinger in his swing. What, what do you like about this guy? He's an offense first catcher. And the thing that I like most about him is he may have the ability to stay a catcher. Uh, whether or not he does is probably going to depend on robo umps and the A's development staff, which is among the best. Uh, you know, one thing I continue to say is there are certain teams that have substantially better development staff than others, and the Oakland A's are in that. So if the A's can keep him a catcher and he can hit to the potential that he has, I think that is kind of where we look back 10 years from now and say, wow, how did Tyler Soderstrom fall to 26? Uh, as opposed to – because he had a lot of suitors in the teens. He really did. Uh, there was a potential underslot option at nine with the Rockies. The San Francisco Giants were very interested. Uh, there was a lot of teams interested in him. I was really surprised. Uh, it does sound like he signed today. It sounds like he signed for somewhere around $3.3 million, I believe I is the report that, I read. So, okay. I believe that's the report I read. I'm not – you know, the money may not be exact, but I believe he signed today. So – I think Oakland got a real talent. Maybe 10 years from now, we're going to be talking about this elite catcher. Um, and, you know, even if he moves to a corner infield or outfield position, it's not a bad option because he can hit. And I think he's going to be able to hit for contact and power and be one of those, you know, I think you're going to fill him in into that Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, um, 
Stephen Piscotti, you know, and those guys may be long gone by the time he's there, but at the same time, you know, that's the kind of bat you're probably getting where it's a much better than league average bat at what could be a premium position. The A's have expressed their interest to keep him at catcher, so I think that they're going to go that route. But uh, if his defense isn't developing as quickly as they would hope, I could definitely see them moving him off, depending on what they need at the major league level. Because uh, as I've heard everywhere, his bat plays. It's just a matter of, you know, catching him up on defense a little bit to make him viable behind the dish. So, yeah, uh, and, and you can move him, I mean, to left field, right field, third base, first base. You could even do that in his development where you play him a catcher for three, four days and then put him at third base a day and left field another day. All right. So uh, with the second and third round picks, there, there's some question marks. You got uh, Jeff Criswell, the righty out of Michigan. And then uh, you got Michael Goldberg, the outfielder, probably left fielder out of uh, Georgia Tech. There, there's some question marks where uh, Criswell has accuracy issues and Goldberg is he, – he just had shoulder surgery, so he's probably going to be limited to left field is what I'm reading. Um, wh- wh- where's the upside with these guys? What, what did you take from watching them? You know, Chriswell was someone that was on my radar. The big thing with him is finding consistency. And also, I, I want to see bigger strikeout numbers from him, especially in the Big Ten. And, uh, you know, he did strike out over nine per nine. That's great. Um, but I'd like to see more, especially just from where he's at. One big thing on Chrisville, though, is he has Chris Fetter, who's a coach at Michigan right now. Uh, helps with the pitching side. He is a developmental specialist with pitchers. We see it with Tommy Henry last year. We see it with uh, – there was another guy from Michigan last year. All the way to where Michigan is playing in the College World Series. And, you know, what, one win away from winning the College World Series? Um, so – I think the advanced development of Chris Well really puts him above the rest and an opportunity to stay a starter. I don't know how much upside there is as a starter. Um, you know, I think Daniel Bassett kind of character, just to put A with A kind of thing. Um, you know, there's probably a million comps you could find, but essentially a back and arm with a little bit more there to it, depending on how uh, development goes. Also on top of that, uh, the third rounder, I'm trying to remember who it was. It was um, Michael Goldberg. Was Michael Goldberg. Yeah, high contact bat, uh, really high contact bat. Um, and the other guys through the days are just strike throwers, which sometimes I feel like it's kind of vanilla. I think those are vanilla picks. But at the same time, those are guys that have success in the long run. Um, I'm not going to say that I know everything about these guys. I think the top two picks I feel much more familiar with. But the third, fourth, fifth round picks, I think more than anything, just vanilla may not be the right word because that makes them sound boring. They're not boring. They're high-end draft picks and their prospects they're prospects in the solid farm system. Yeah. yeah, it's just not like, high upside. Yeah, there's nothing flashy. You get a high-contact guy who may be able to get on base, and that's a major league player someday, whether it's a utility or an everyday. You get strike throwers with – average with some form of above to it and those end up being relievers in the long run um so i say vanilla and that may sound harsh but these guys could be major leaguers and that's the only thing that matters out of the draft is that you draft major league talents and i think that the A's have a chance at having four or five guys from this draft when there's only five rounds like a guy like david Eckstein, not not necessarily a flashy guy he was a I would probably say vanilla guy. He was a World Series MVP. He was a good player. So, I mean, there's yeah. nothing wrong with being <laughs> vanilla. 
No, I mean, um, you know, we, we talk about, do you want to talk about David uh, Fletcher and David Eckstein regularly here? That's a very common <laughs> thing out in, out in Southern California. You get to hear those names very often, but sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of flash on the defensive side, which is great. But I think uh, with um, their third pick, and I, I apologize, what, um, not Mangum, I want to say Jake Mangum, but that's a different year. But Michael um, Goldberg. Michael Goldberg, thank you. I think Michael Goldberg is a little more offense-oriented than defense. Okay. Uh, you, you mentioned comps, and I had written down the grade ratings for Tyler Soderstrom, so I just wanted to go circle back to him real quick. Uh, I saw one site had him at a 60-hit tool, 50 power, and a 60 arm. Like, intellectually, I know what that means, but I don't know what that looks like. Who, what would be a comp with 60-hit, 50 power, and 60 arm? Oh, man. Um, well, I mean, as a catcher or doesn't have to be a catcher? doesn't have to be a catcher. You know, when it comes to comps, I actually go deep breakdown. I have to see the player or compare them to an exact player and see if it makes sense. So if you're talking about a 60-hit tool, that is about a 290-300 average. Okay. It's very good. Uh, you figure what's the average. You know, major league batting average right now is probably about 260-ish or so. Yeah. So, you know, you talk about, you know, you kind of go a tick up every grade. So 55 would be about 270, 60 would be about 280, 285, something like that. Um, average power, so fifth, that would be 50, which is average power. So you assume 15 to 25 home runs, which is, you know, marginally pretty good. Usually, you know, it depends on what ball is being played, but usually it's 15 <laughs> to 20 home runs. And a 60 arm, I mean, um, that just means he has a strong arm, a strong yeah. and accurate arm. I mean, that – yeah, the arm is kind of hard to grade because you can put arm strength, you can put arm accuracy, you yeah. can put release. Um, when it comes to Tyler, it is pure arm strength. And okay. it, that just means he has a very strong arm. So, you know, as a catcher or as a hitter, a left-handed, um, you know, maybe a Kyle Seeger-like, Kyle Seeger-like kind of player, if, if I can. I mean, I'd have to put it side-by-side side exactly. Sure, yeah. Um, but I guess to put it fairly, if he does play third base, Kyle Seager would be the type of player I would lean towards, All right. which is a very good baseball player. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to cut it right there with Taylor Blake Ward. Uh, we got the other three picks and our opinions on uh, what the MLB proposed to the players on Friday uh, in part two. That'll be up uh, probably Saturday. So uh, it is Saturday morning right now, but it'll be up a little bit later today. I don't want to have you guys wait too long because uh, the stuff's in the news. So in the meantime, get out there and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk to you guys very, very shortly.